Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, then. This is the episode we've been waiting for. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Really excited for today. Really excited for this latest installment to drop. It is officially fall. You know, this is a once a week installment. This is a once a week show. So every every couple episodes, you get the oh my god, I can't believe it's summer. I can't believe it's September next week or in a couple of weeks. We'll be saying I can't believe it's October. But really, it is now autumn. It is officially pumpkin spice season if the leaves fall wherever you live hopefully it's not too much of a hassle go jump in a pile of leaves you you deserve it it's in one of those years but the pumpkin pies the changing of the leaves the changing of the weather is not getting me as excited as i am for today's episode actually the changing of the weather is really piquing my interest but first the business this is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. Probably should have led with that. <laughs> On the Believe Podcast Network, I am Jonas Nordman. All I'll say is, if you've been bearing with us throughout the offseason, throughout this summer of discontent, then this is the episode, this is the next chapter that you've been waiting for. We are really getting down to finally college basketball talk. The Believe Podcast Network is your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Here's what I believe. We finally made it. No, it's not college basketball season yet. No, teams are not quite practicing yet. Soon, though. But we are under 10 weeks until November 25th, which means, again, for a show that only comes out once a week, we really got to start our countdown. Under 10 weeks. I believe we're at nine weeks until Thanksgiving. So start thinking of your favorite number nines of all time. Start thinking of how you want to prepare for the upcoming season. And start your prep, start previewing what's to come. And I've done that. I've written up a preview that will come at the end of the show after I do some news, starting with the last place team in the Big 12. That's right. We're getting into Big 12 previews today. Ooh, I can't wait. Can't wait to see what's on the horizon. But I said we've got some news first. Let's get into it. I mentioned it an episode or two ago. All the days blend together at this point. Uh, I'm trying to 
Remember when we talked about what does it all mean for preseason tournaments? Well, this article just came out on ESPN two days ago from writer Jeff Borzello, Borzello, excuse me, B, not P, talking about how I said you can't bubble up college teams. Well, it looks like there's some sort of plan in place to have some sort of modified bubble, not as extreme as what the NBA is doing, but ESPN is planning to move at least eight of its men's college basketball events to the ESPN Wide World of Sports property at Walt Disney World in Orlando. Again, similar to what the NBA is doing, that exact same location. ESPN going to Disney, all that. It works, obviously. Here are the events that they're talking about. First and foremost, most importantly, the Champions Classic. Kansas, Michigan State, Kentucky, Duke. Champions Classic, Charleston Classic, Myrtle Beach Invitational, NIT season tip-off, the Wooden Legacy also features Kansas. Orlando Invitational, KU's played in that before. Jimmy V Classic and the Diamond Head Classic are expected to move to Disney. This is from two days ago. Obviously, nothing official has come out yet, but this is an ESPN writer writing about news about ESPN events that could be potentially moved to an ESPN slash Disney location. I feel like his sources are pretty good. (laughs) The events would, would start... On the 25th, the first official day of college basketball. And it'd be about two weeks. So a two-week bubble. I don't know how the teams, I don't know how the players feel about it. I guess if they want to play, much like the NFL players. You know, kudos to the NFL and, and to the NFL players. They're not bubbled. They're traveling. They're going home. Essentially, they're, they're saying, if you want to play football this year, you got to be responsible. So I guess it's the same thing for college basketball players where if you want to play college basketball, if you want to expose yourself for the league, (laughs) for the NBA, I had to finish that sentence there for a second phrasing. But if you want to get your name out there in the bright lights, you're going to have to be responsible and you're going to have to make some sacrifices. Reportedly, the Champions Classic would not be the curtain raiser it would be moved to that second week of the bubble. Now, there is one note about this that I found really interesting because you're bringing in dozens of teams, really. And some of these events will have crossover teams. Champions Classic, like I mentioned, with the Wooden Legacy, they, have both, they both have Kansas in it. So with all those teams down there, Jeff Borzello mentioned... You could have crossover games between teams that are in between events, which then brings up the potential for Gonzaga and Baylor, who would both be down there, Kansas versus whomever else. So I, I, if you go on the schedule on KUAthletics.com, I don't believe the existing non-conference schedule right now is what we're going to see. This, of course, comes on the heels, and I'm trying to find – The news, here it is. This, of course, comes on the heels of the Maui Invitational is being moved to Asheville, North Carolina. That is official. And, of course, the Battle for Atlantis is being expected to be relocated to South Dakota. How about that? 
get all excited. The fan bases are excited to potentially go to Maui or the Bahamas. Instead, Maui Invitational will be Asheville, North Carolina. And then the battle for Atlantis, instead of being there in Nassau, the Bahamas, will be in South Dakota. You know, when I think the Bahamas, when I think tropical climate, I also think South Dakota in the fall. Like, basically one and the same, right? Sodak. (laughs) Good thing KU went to Maui last year, I guess. So let me know what you think about this. Let me know what you think about these potential bubbles, this potential idea. Again, if you're sitting there thinking, well, it it might not happen. ESPN writer, writing an article for ESPN.com, for ESPN events, because that's what these are. These tournaments are essentially made for TV events. Potentially moving to and being held at an ESPN property or a Disney property, which of course owns ESPN. So something to keep an eye on in the next coming days. Will Kansas be playing the Champions Classic and the Wooden Legacy event in Orlando? Uh, That sort of burns my bridges, or that sort of grinds my gears, I should say. I, of course, being a native Southern Californian, was really looking forward to that Wooden Legacy event. Hopefully could have maybe gone to a game. Certainly would have been pretty cool to have them here or in my home area. I had the chance, I think I've mentioned it, to see KU at UCLA. Had the chance to see KU at USC. Both times, Kansas fans flooded the venues, which is really saying something for a UCLA game because they're supposed to be the power of the West. Uh, This is supposed to be a historic venue at Pauley Pavilion, and Kansas fans took it over. I think that was... The 09-2010 season, the preseason number one team, Sharon Collins, Xavier Henry. I'll have to double-check that one. Kansas did win. I know for a fact the game at USC was December 2011. The Thomas Robinson, uh, Tyshawn Taylor team that in 2012 went to the Final Four, you know, the next calendar year, same season. Just filled with Kansas fans. I've actually had a chance to speak with USC ticketing people and if you didn't know season tickets all that they like to go after people who have been to games before they just throw out that basketball season because all the information is from kansas fans (laughs) their entire database is flooded with kansas fans who went just one time (laughs) that season so i was sort of hoping that for the opportunity but you know what just the opportunity to watch kansas basketball this year that's what I'm going with. doesn't matter where it's being played. Hopefully it's okay with the coaches. Hopefully it's okay with the players. And I'm sort of rambling right now. <laughs> so I'll move on. Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. I am Jonas Nordman. Excited to get to this next portion of the program. As I said, we're about nine weeks from Thanksgiving. Which means we are less than 10 weeks away from the season starting, which means we have some Big 12 previews to get to. And wouldn't you know it, this is a heck of a way to get things kicked off, or should I say tipped off? It's a basketball show. The first team, a.k.a. the last place team in last year's Big 12, just so happens to be the Kansas State Wildcats. So in order to tip off our Big 12 previews, we are going to start at the bottom, And yes, we are going to start with 
the K-State Wildcats. Bruce Weber, still the coach. K-State last year finished with a record of 11-21, and 3-15 in conference. K-State actually had the opportunity to play a first-round game in the Big 12 tournament where they beat, I believe it was TCU, and then the whole thing got canceled. Kansas State last year, 64.2 points per game, 377th in the nation, not a high-scoring team. They allowed 65 points per game, so they allowed more than they scored. Go figure, 11-win team. They didn't rebound it very well, 32.8. No, that's not right. Oh, sorry, yeah, 32.8 rebounds per game, 375th in the nation, and 12.4 assists per game. 272nd in the nation. They didn't score it very well. They didn't rebound it great. They didn't share the ball very well. Bad team. (laughs) For a team that finished dead last in the Big 12, and they finished dead last by two games, Iowa State went 5-13. and We'll talk about them next week. They went 5-13 and in conference. K-State finished two games behind them. The highlight of their season... Got to go back to the very first episode of the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. The fight in the field house. That's the only highlight of the Kansas State season. They thought they derailed the Kansas Jayhawks that night. No, they did not. KU only got stronger from that from that point, figure, point forward. Yeesh. I'm just so excited to talk about actual basketball and potential basketball teams here. Key returners, not many. Mike McGurl is their leading returning scorer. A senior guard, 6.9 points per game. It's nice, but not much. Montavious Murphy, sophomore forward, 5.2 points per game. And Dewan Gordon, a sophomore guard, 6.3 points per game. What did they lose? Everything. And what did it cost? Everything. They lost their top scorer from last year, Xavier Sneed, 14.2 points per game. They lost their top assist man, Cartier Jara, 4.2 assists per game. Gone. That was a shocking one. He was not a senior. Sneed, and the next guy I'm about to name, the top field goal percentage man, Maycole Maywean, 45.9% shooting down low. Sneed and Maywean graduated, but K-State had six, count them, six transfers out of the program, which includes Jara, who took his talents to Blacksburg. He's going to play for Virginia Tech. Six transfers. Something was rotten in the water in Manhattan, more so than usual, since it is an agricultural, agricultural school. But man, that the culture was bad. Jara was supposed to be a superstar by this time as he's entering his senior season, or at least a solid contributor, but no. He lost favor with Bruce Weber, and he's now a Hokie. So you lose those eight players, you bring in eight more, two of which are Juco Junior College transfers, plus they have one transfer from UTEP. Go Miners. University of Texas at El Paso. At first, I was about to come on here and rip through a recruiting class 
feel like K-State's got no future yet again? Actually not as – there isn't really a dearth of talent as I expected. Rudy Williams is the fourth best Juco transfer in the nation. The best point guard, junior college transfer. That, of course, includes Tyon Grant Foster, who went to Kansas, the second best Juco transfer. So don't, don't knock it till you try it. And then recruiting-wise, in terms of players coming straight out of high school, Nigel Williams. Hmm, yes. Hello, Nigel. He's a four-star recruit out of Indianapolis. So 24-7 sports, um, usually my go-to source for all things recruiting. Has K-State actually sixth in the Big 12? Their sixth best incoming class in the conference. 35th nationally, which honestly is not terrible. Like We're not talking about a premier program here. Just since we were talking about them a second ago, if we're talking about UCLA here, they had the 35th best class. We'd say, oof, that's terrible. What's going on at UCLA? But this is K-State. Top 35 class recruiting. That's nothing to sneeze at. So best case scenario here for K-State. There's something about Kansas State. There's something about K-State under Bruce Weber. Generally under-talented. And usually those years where you don't expect anything from the Wildcats is when they put together a scrappy, hard-scrabble team that makes life difficult. They, they just tend to rally together when little is expected. So if Bruce Weber can get the team to play hard-nosed basketball and he can get players like Dewan Gordon to step up, if that happens, I think they can finish eighth or ninth. Basically not dead last. A team we're going to talk about in a few weeks, TCU. Uh, I think they might be in trouble. I don't want to spoil everything, but their recruiting was worse than K-State, and they lost essentially their most important figure in the, in the entire basketball team, Desmond Bain. So I think K-State has a chance here to build. And with that being said, I think the most important thing this year they're not going to contend for a Big 12 title. Like Baylor and Kansas are too good. They're going to have to establish Nigel Williams, the kid I you know, made fun of with the British accent because it's a very British name, Nigel Williams. Establish Nigel, set him up to lead potentially better K-State teams in the future. I mean, really, the only way they're going to impact the Big 12 title race this year is if they pull off some sort of stunning upset over, like I said, Baylor or Kansas. I think what Bruce is hoping for here, especially when you bring in eight new players, is there was just such a bad vibe and and the culture was so rotten there last year that you start over fresh. You kind of start from the ground up. You bring in a new baseline of talent and players and personalities, obviously. And you build from there. For K-State, not the worst idea in the world. Now, Any other year, I'd say, okay, I feel you. We'll see how it goes. But in the era of COVID, when your practice time is limited, when the time together is limited, you know, that it might be a little bit tougher than usual. So, you know, the rebuild project at K-State might get derailed right before it even gets started. 
get started, I should say. But how about that? Our first real taste of basketball talk here in the latter half of 2020. It's refreshing. It feels good. I, I don't know if I want to do a full Big 12 prediction yet for K-State. Uh, I, like I said, I don't think they're going to finish dead last. I'll say ninth. I think K-State will finish ninth, which, honestly, that's a step up. That's an improvement. They're not a good team. In my opinion, they're not well coached. But something tells me this year they're going to be a real pain in the butt. And I think that's, honestly, the best compliment you can sometimes give to K-State basketball teams. Man, that team is not overly talented, but they're a real pain in the butt. Other thing, though, who knows how crowds are going to be, fans in attendance. Bramlage Coliseum, the octagon of dumb, tends to get a little crazy when Kansas comes to the building, not so much for other teams. But if you've got to have reduced capacity, if you've got a bad team, it may not be that hard to play at this year also. Just so many unknowns. But what I do know is that we are under 10 weeks, like I said, until the season starts. I cannot wait. I don't know if you can hear the excitement in my voice. I know sometimes inflection is not my strength, <laughs> but I can't wait. I feel like college basketball is on the horizon. You know, college football college football is in a weird situation right now. I'm not as jazzed about it. Certainly KU football stinks. They're probably about to get their faces stomped in by Baylor on Saturday. But I feel, I feel the buzz with college basketball. Maybe it's because I've been building for it, you know, since March. We've been biding our time, but I can taste it in the air. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us throughout this long summer, throughout the, really since the spring. But we're now getting into basketball talk. We're now starting to talk about potential opponents for Kansas basketball. I mean, spoiler alert, Baylor is going to be the main title challenger. But I look at this conference, it's going to be rough and tumble. And we'll get to that over the coming weeks. K-State is in the books in our rearview mirror, as they should be. We move on next week to Iowa State. That'll be interesting. They lose Tyrese Halliburton. What's their outlook? You better tune in. This is Jonas Nordman. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. Rock Jock, as always.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.